Well, hey, you're listening to my other podcast. This is episode number 12, where things start to change. Welcome to another episode of My Other Podcast. I'm your host. My name is Steven. And yeah, I want to do something a little differently this week. And it's kind of something I came up with at the last moment. So I may not be tackling it very well this week. We'll just have to see what happens next week. Uh, But rather than just do another episode about She-Hulk, and and don't worry, I am going to talk about the latest episode of She-Hulk. A number of things uh, happened this week, uh, or, or, you know, I watched a few things this week that, you know, I want to talk about. So, um, I want to start doing my other podcast as almost like a, a weekly wrap up and, and even include, uh, some, some comic book and or entertainment type news within the, the episodes as well. Meaning that, uh, if you're, uh, uh, a listener of the old version of Just Another Fanboy, I am bringing back news and information you could have easily gotten for yourself with just a little effort. But um, yeah, that's that's kind of what we're going to be doing here each week uh, for as long as I feel like doing it. And if you've been listening to any of my podcasts for any amount of time, you know that I reserve the right to make drastic changes uh, at any point. And uh, you either just have to put up with it or you just <laughs> stop listening. I mean, that's really up to you. I don't I don't I, I can only I only have control over what I do. I have no real control over what you do. And since I do these podcasts from the 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 the, the love of just sitting in front of a microphone and talking about dumb stuff, then uh, I can pretty much do whatever I want, basically, is, is what I'm trying to say. Um, now, typically, these episodes come out on Friday morning. Um, this one will be, uh, you'll notice that this one released Friday afternoon and that may be the case going forward. Um, I won't start recording these until either, uh, Friday morning before work or Friday afternoon during my lunch hour or even after work on Friday, which means that, uh, these episodes may either come out Friday evening or, uh, Saturday morning. I haven't quite decided yet. We'll we'll figure that out as as we go along. But before we get into the the news, I think what I'll do here, I think the format that I'll that I'll try to stick to here for a little while is just kind of catch you up with my week here at the beginning. Uh, whether it's uh, stuff that's happening in my personal life, uh, various uh, stuff that I may have read or watched that I kind of want to talk about, but don't want to spend a whole lot of time on. Um, and then we'll get into the news and then we'll wrap up the episode with the the main topic of conversation, which in this case is going to be She-Hulk episode number four. So as far as my week, I don't want to spend a lot of time on this, this first subject here because it's been a real kind of rough week. It's been a real kind of rough last few months. Um, we had to uh, take our dog Niles into the vet on Wednesday unexpectedly. Um, and he he had to be put to sleep. Um, I say unexpectedly, but he he was an old dog, uh, almost thirteen years old. He uh, we'll we'll talk about my our, our our history with Niles here in a minute. But his health had been uh, deteriorating over the last couple of months, and uh, so we were expecting this. Um, but we 
weren't quite prepared for the suddenness of it, if that makes any sense. We were, we had been planning on um, getting him into the vet for a checkup and seeing where we were going to go from there because we knew that he was not, um, he was not doing well. Unfortunately, uh, it costs a lot of money to get into the vet and we were just waiting on, on a certain, uh, thing to happen. It happened on Tuesday. So before I then had a chance to call and schedule, uh, an appointment for the vet, um, his health just on Wednesday, it just, it just took a, a sharp dive and we had to take him in and, uh, found out that we, we really, we really had no other choice. If, uh, he, he could either live in, in agonizing pain, uh, for the next, uh, few weeks or months, or we could do the humane thing and put him to sleep. And that's, that's what we did. Um, Niles is a rescue dog. We got him in April of 2011. He was a Lhasa Apso. He was the perfect dog for our family. Um, according to the research we did after we got him, because, uh, we, we had not planned on getting this dog. We were, we're not really pet people. We had not, uh, we, we, we had had a cat, uh, that was my wife's, uh, daughter's cat. So it kind of came with the family when I became a part of the family. Um, but we, we had no, we had no plans after, after the cat to, to, to get any other kind of pet. Um, our son who was, uh, finishing up third grade at the time, who is on the spectrum, um, had fallen in love with dogs, but loved them from afar. He was fascinated with dogs. He loved seeing dogs. He would not approach dogs. However, he, it's almost like he, he wanted to be around dogs, but couldn't quite bring himself to get near one. Uh, but just was absolutely in awe and in love with them. We had gone to a uh, an autism fair uh, in a local town, and one of our local animal shelters was there with uh, some dogs, and they had this little white Lhasa Apso with them. And uh, Simon just saw the dog, walked right up to it, crouched down, started petting the dog, and just formed an instant connection. And... Um, my wife and I just kind of realized at that moment, and I, I think I was the one that said it out loud, uh, well, I guess we're getting the dog. And uh, he he came home with us that night. Uh, when we were getting Simon ready for bed that night, Niles jumped right up into, into Simon's bed. Um, he has just been such a huge part of this family for the past 11 and a half years. Um, yeah, that's all I'm going to say. He's going to be missed. He's, he's, he's going to be missed by all of us. Um, with that happening, uh, I was welcoming any kind of distraction into the house that would take my mind away from, uh, thinking about Niles. And so, uh, woke up Thursday morning and of course the new episode of She-Hulk was available, watched it. Um, we'll, we'll talk about that later, but Thursday was also Disney plus day. And there were a number of things that had premiered, I guess, on Disney+. Plus. Most of it I didn't care too much about, but Thor Love and Thunder landed on Disney+, Plus on Thursday, and I had been looking forward to that for a while. It uh, was directed by Taika Waititi, who also did Thor Ragnarok, which is easily one of my top three favorite Marvel movies of all time. And so, uh, despite what I had been reading about online in regard to this movie, and everything that I, you know, I, I 
had managed to uh, avoid most spoilers between then and now, uh, other than what you would see in in a trailer. But I would read, you know, comments from people who had seen the movie and reaction to the movie uh, were like most movies on on the one side. There were people who just hated it more than life itself. Uh, And the people who really enjoyed it, even those folks would say basically something to the effect of really enjoyed Thor Love and Thunder was not nearly as good as Thor Ragnarok. Uh, The uh, Taika Waititi did not bring it. Um, the, that's the biggest failure of this movie and, and even kind of managed to, uh, talk it up and talk it down at the same time. So despite all that, I absolutely freaking loved everything about the movie. Was it as good as Thor Ragnarok? I don't know. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna sit here and say yes or no. Um, Thor Ragnarok was such a change and a departure from the typical Thor slash Marvel movie, with the exception of Guardians of the Galaxy, they had kind of taken that into a very over-the-top direction, but I think Thor Ragnarok even took it further. So Thor Love and Thunder did not leave me with that um, feeling of seeing something just totally brand new, like a a fresh of breath air in the the Marvel Cinematic Universe. (laughs) I'm sorry, did I just say a fresh of breath air? Anyway, it didn't leave me at all with that feeling like Ragnarok did, but I didn't expect it to. You know what I you know what I'm saying? It was uh I expected it to be uh just a a a a dang good Taika Watiti Thor movie. I, I expected it to be at the same level of Thor Ragnarok, if not maybe a little bit better. And I almost I feel like that's kind of what I got. I think I, I do think he took uh, what he did in Thor Ragnarok, and I do think he took it to a bit of a new level, especially the way with the the way that the movie ended. Um, I just I just freaking enjoyed the movie from beginning to end. There was a lot of great stuff with uh, because if you know if you've not seen it, I am I am going to be spoiling it. Um, so just just be warned there. I'm going to try not to go uh, too long into talking about it because again, it's not my main topic of discussion here for this episode, but uh, in the movie, Jane Foster comes back with Mjolnir. So she is uh, a version of Thor. She is she is a Thor. Um, Mjolnir, if you remember from Ragnarok, was uh, broken into pieces by Hela. Um, Mjolnir puts itself together for Jane Foster. I'm not going to go into the reasons behind that, but when Thor... Uh, encounters Jane and they start traveling together uh, based on the adventure that they have to take uh, that was caused by Gore the God Butcher. There's a lot of great scenes where um, they really kind of treat Mjolnir as kind of like Thor's ex-girlfriend and then Stormbreaker, Thor's new, you know, his, his, his hack, his, his, uh, God, can't speak, his axe that uh, he got in and uh end game or no not end game was an end game no infinity war they treat um you know stormbreaker as the new girlfriend or the new wife or the new uh life partner um and then mjolnir as the ex that thor still has feelings for and stormbreaker is uh, uh, jealous and acts out because of it and there's there's moments where thor will be uh, talking about Mjolnir and Stormbreaker will just suddenly be there 
and he'll be like, well, hey there, you know? I mean, there, there's a moment where uh, they end up getting the lightning bolt of Zeus and Valky- uh, 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 Valkyrie is the one who uses the lightning bolt. And um, Thor is is explaining to her how, you know, she now has this this wonderful new weapon, this sleek, powerful, beautiful weapon. And, and uh, he's just really talking it up. And then suddenly Stormbreaker is there and and Thor's kind of like, uh, you know, like, hey, hey, there, you know, it's it's an OK weapon. It's not as good as Stormbreaker basically. And, and those moments were really fun. I really enjoyed how, um, they just incorporated, uh, made basically made Stormbreaker and, and Mjolnir into their, their own characters. Um, Russell Crowe as Zeus was just one of the most wonderful things I've, I've seen on a Marvel universe movie thus far. And then the ending of the movie, the way it all came together, I, I, I'm not going to spoil that, but the 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 reason behind the title love and thunder um is what for me made i think took this movie to that level above ragnarok and uh i think it 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 puts thor in a place in the marvel cinematic universe that i'm super excited about and uh cannot wait to see more and i hope it sticks around for a while because it was um i just it's just one of my favorite things. It's just like like one of my favorite things to ever happen in the MCU so far. The ending of this movie and the 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 new status quo that comes out of it based on the ending of this movie. I thought for for anyone who uh, is out there saying that, I mean, I even saw. I think Dan Slott yesterday said that he finally got around to seeing Thor: Love and Thunder and he really enjoyed it. And if it if it uh, if there was anything negative to say about it, I think it's only crime was that it was as it was not as over the top as Ragnarok that it didn't reach those levels and 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 I'm sorry Dan I have to disagree with you um there's a big part of me that feel like uh the folks that are saying that ultimately it's it's uh it's not that the movie didn't reach those levels or even go above those levels it's just that you weren't expecting those levels to be hit in Ragnarok you weren't expecting you didn't go into Ragnarok thinking that uh, some of the stuff they did in that, that 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 was going to happen. You just weren't expecting it. And so you go into a, a into a movie like Thor Love and Thunder and you're hoping to have that same experience, the, the same feelings of, you know, I'm seeing something that I've never uh, seen before or felt before in a in a Marvel Universe movie. And uh I don't know. I guess you could say it's a shame that they weren't able to make you feel that way this time. But I don't know. I don't feel like ultimately that it's a shame. I enjoyed the crap out of the movie and uh, um, looking forward to Thor in the future of the MCU. Uh, beyond that, I watched uh, or I have been watching the Lord of the Rings, Power of the Rings show over on Amazon. And uh, for all the haters that are really upset that there are black elves and black well, they're, they're people are saying black hobbits. They're not hobbits. They're Harfoots. They're, they're the, uh, the, what will become hobbits, like the, uh, distant cousin of the hobbit. Um, anyway, there's a lot of folks out there, um, showing their, their racist colors, uh, complaining about, um, the inclusion in this show with, uh, black characters, black elves, black Harfoots, you know, and it's just, you know, shut up, shut up. You know, it's, 
I just, I don't get it. It's such a great show. It's a, it's beautiful looking. It's very well acted. The the story is just, it's got me hooked. It's, it's for me right now, as much as I'm loving, for example, She-Hulk, um, the Lord of the Rings show, the, the power of the rings is, is the, the show that I'm looking forward to most now each week with She-Hulk coming in a very close second. And then of course we have Andor coming up, uh, in a couple of weeks and we'll see how I feel about that one. But, um, this Lord of the Rings show is just something that it's just, it's just an amazing show. And, uh, I can't wait to see more of that. Um, when an episode ends, especially cause they dropped the first two episodes last week and the third episode went up this week and I watched this morning. And, um, as soon as it ended, uh, I just, I, I get sad because I, I, I have to see the next episode. And yet I'm very happy that I'm not able to binge all of them at the same time because there's just something about watching these shows each and every week, be it this uh, Power of the Rings or She-Hulk um, or any of the Disney Plus shows. Uh, it's the, I, I'm, I'm just loving watching them once uh, every week more than I am uh, binging them. Same with shows like uh, Reservation Dogs, uh, which I haven't watched this week. I don't know why I haven't watched the new episode yet because I'm really loving that show. And then uh, shows like um, Only Murders in the Building, which wrapped up uh, last week, week before last. Um, it's 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 just quickly become apparent because of these shows that uh, I much prefer watching them weekly over binging the entire season. I think they're more satisfactory that way. They hit more. They 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 hit me a bit deeper when I'm watching them weekly, and it gives me something to look forward to each and every week. Uh, but that is uh that's pretty much my week so far. Have didn't have not read a lot of comic books this week. Uh hopefully I'll have some comic books to talk about next week. Um I have been reading uh trying to to reread Deceased because there's a new Deceased uh series from DC Comics, the 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 final series, uh mini series in the in the entire Deceased storyline, so I've been I've been rereading that. Um do a power bomb Daniel Warren Johnson's new uh, book over at Image. Uh, I'm caught up on that, and it's pretty freaking incredible. Uh, there was a twist to the end of uh, issue two that I was not expecting and took that book to a whole new level. Um, what else? I got, uh, I've got all the issues to Twig, but I have not finished it. I've still only read the, the first issue. That's the new, uh, Scotty Young writes that book. I don't know that there's anything, any other new books that I'm reading right now. Um, so I'll just, uh, I'll just stop talking about my week and we'll get into news and information you could have easily gotten for yourself with just a little effort. Now this, uh, this is not going to be brought to you by any kind of, uh, sponsor you know back in the old just another fanboy days i would do a, a, a silly made-up fictional sponsor maybe i'll do that in the future i don't know like i said i've decided on this format literally at the last minute and so i had sat down and and, and gathered up a couple of news stories um i don't know how much news i'll be talking about in the future uh but because i had you know like i said i just decided this is what i'm going to do so i just went online and went to my normal news sites and I picked out a couple of stories and I'm just going to read the press releases to you and uh, then we'll move on. All right, here we go. Stan Sakai to expand Usagi Ujimbo universe with Dogu imprint. 
Dark Horse Comics is pleased to announce a new partnership with Stan Sakai's Dogu Publishing. The Usagi Yojimbo Comics Universe and more will return to Dark Horse under the umbrella of a new imprint, Dogu. The announcement of this new partnership comes just ahead of the September 1st release of Season 2 of the hit Netflix animated series Samurai Rabbit The Usagi Chronicles, based on the world of Usagi Yojimbo created by Sakai. Dark Horse Comics has been a longtime home of the works of Stan Sakai, most recently publishing the continuing new editions of the Usagi Yojimbo saga. Dogu Publishing is led by creative chairman Stan Sakai, CEO Jeremiah Blank, COO Julia Sakai, and Daniel Fuji, president slash publisher for Dogu Publishing. You can follow Dark Horse Comics at darkhorse.com and on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook for more updates and the latest news. Action Comics 1050 ends current Superman era with extra-sized milestone issue. Clark and John Kent have taken on some of the DC Universe's biggest adversaries, Mongol, Henry Bendix, and Pariah's Dark Army, all to prepare them for their biggest battle ever with Lex Luthor. In an oversized special issue, Action Comics 1050 features the creative talents of Philip Kennedy Johnson and Mike Perkins, Tom Taylor and Clayton Henry, and Joshua Williams and Nick Dragata. Arriving at local comic shops on December 27th, Action Comics 1050 sets up a new era for Superman comics. Quote, Writing Superman comics for the past two years has been one of the most rewarding writing experiences I've ever had, and everything that's happened in that time, Future State, Superman Son of Kal-El, The War World Saga, and Kal-El Returns, has all been building to Action Comics number 1050, said Philip Kennedy Johnson. Quote, Clark Kent has returned to Earth stronger than ever, John has fully come into his own, and the Superman family is poised to make Metropolis the true city of tomorrow. It's no overstatement to say Action Comics 1050 is a new beginning for Superman, and the era that's about to begin is as bright and fun and exciting as anything fans have ever seen at DC Comics. Tom Taylor says, as a huge Superman fan, it's a great honor to be asked to write in the pages of Action Comics, and the return of Kal-El has all been building to this moment. After this issue, Clark and John Kent's world will really be changed forever, and the shocking events of Action Comics 1050 are just the beginning. This issue will also tease the surprises, conflicts, and the great threats to come for the Superman family. Action Comics 1050 will feature over 25 variant covers from some of the biggest names in comics, including Jim Lee, Alex Ross, Lee Weeks, Michael Allred, and more. And finally, the Disney D23 Expo starts today, which is Friday, September the 9th. I'm sure that there's going to be some great news and some big announcements coming out of the event. Uh, the uh, the whole thing hasn't quite started yet as I'm recording this, so I'm sure I'll be talking about all of that next week. But that's all the news I had the energy to look for today. And so let's just get into the main topic at hand. So Thursday, we saw the release on Disney Plus of She-Hulk Attorney at Law, episode number four. It was entitled, Is This Not Real Magic? And according to Wikipedia, this is what happened in the episode. 
Donnie Blades, a magician at Mystic Castle who is expelled from Comertage for unethical uses of his powers, sends an audience member named Madison to another dimension where she makes a deal with a demon before being transported to Wong's home in Comertage. Wong approaches Walters and asks her for help in making an example of Blaze so that people like him will not be able to misuse the mystic arts. So they launch a legal case against him and Mystic Castle's owner, Cornelius P. Willows. Meanwhile, Walters creates a profile on a dating app in the hopes of expanding her social life, but has little success until she changes it into a profile for She-Hulk. Blaze accidentally unleashes a swarm of demons at one of his shows, but Wong and Walters are able to stop them before she threatens Blaze and Willows into complying with her cease and desist order. The next day, Walters learns that Titania has been freed and is filing a lawsuit against her, having trademarked the name She-Hulk. So, yeah, another just super incredible episode of She-Hulk. We get this guy, this, uh, you know, this magician, Donnie Blaze, who is, uh, in our world, would be, you know, a typical magician. But in the the Marvel Cinematic... Jeez, that's what happens when I, I'm, I've been talking for over 30 minutes. Uh, in the uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe, your, your typical mu- musician, good Lord, Steven, magician, you know, you, 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 get a, you get a magician out there like uh, David Blaine or Chris Angel uh, or, you know, somebody like that. You, you throw them in the Marvel Cinematic Universe and people don't really care. They don't, they don't have a sense of awe with these, you know, magicians, these illusionists, because they've seen the real thing now with characters like Doctor Strange and, and Thor. And, you know, they've 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 seen some stuff. So magicians doing tricks just don't really do anything for folks anymore. And so you got this guy, Donnie Blaze, who his name sounds a bit like Johnny Blaze, who is the uh, the ghostwriter. So I don't know if uh, this is a relative of Johnny Blaze. I don't remember there being a, a a brother or even a cousin or a relative in the comics, but then I wasn't a big Johnny Blaze Ghostwriter reader. Uh, my Ghostwriter, uh, I, I came into Ghostwriter in the '90s, so for me it was always Danny Catch. Anyway, he's uh you know he's doing a show at this Mystic Castle place, and the the audience is not impressed at all. And uh, he pulls out one of these sling rings that the folks at uh, Carmitage have, you know, like Doctor Strange and Wong that they use to open up portals. And he has uh, a member of the audience who's who's a, a drunk woman named Madison with an I and a Y, but not where you think, because it's spelled M-A-D-I-S-Y-N-N. I think, what does she say? My name's Madison with two N's and a Y, but not where you think. Uh... Anyway, he pulls her up out of the audience and he opens up a portal and uh, she falls into it. And then she uh, comes out of the portal in Carmitage, Carmitage, Carmitage. I don't know. If I'm, I feel like I'm not saying that right. Uh, ha- seeing it written down here in, in the Wikipedia article uh, just has me now feeling like I'm not pronouncing it correctly because they say Carmitage. And uh, anyway, Wong has ha- is, is, is enjoying an evening watching The Sopranos. Madison pops up out of this portal. She explains how she got there, talks about reading some, or, or meeting uh, some kind of goat creature named Jack, who is a demon, uh, who she uh, who, who helps her get out of this other dimension. Um, but she had to give him blood or something like that. 
And uh, she also ends up spoiling the end of the episode of The Sopranos that Wong is watching. So Wong is very upset about that. He gets Madison home and that's when he goes to visit Jen and uh, asks her to help him file a case against Donnie Blaze to to stop him from what in essence, you know, uh, could destroy the very fabric of the universe because he was a, a student at Carmitage uh, for a week, but he got kicked out for opening up a portal to uh, bring in some kegs of beer and one of his old frat buddies. And uh, he took, apparently he took one of the sling rings with him. And now he, you know, what he's doing, he's opening up portals to other dimensions, which, yeah, could destroy uh, the very fabric of existence. Well, there's no real legal precedent for this. And so uh, Jen does write up a cease and desist. Uh, she's spending a lot of time working her um, friend and assistant paralegal Nikki uh, is urging her to spend more time with her personal life. We get based on a, a, a comment that Nikki says, um, I think the way she puts it is the, the, the hetero dating life is very sad. Uh, makes, makes me feel like maybe, uh, Nikki is not a heterosexual that she's, uh, uh part of the LGBTQ community and something else she says, um, feels like maybe she kind of has a crush on Jen and she's the one that's been pushing Jen to be she Hulk a lot. So if she does have a, a thing for Jen, is it, is it that she has a thing for Jen or that she has a thing for she Hulk? You know, I don't know. Uh, we'll see where that goes, but Jen creates a, a, a profile on a dating app and she starts dating some dudes who all uh, really suck. Um, she then creates a new profile as she Hulk. Uh, because she wasn't getting a lot of matches as Jen, and she gets all kinds of matches when she's She-Hulk, and she goes out with a couple of those dudes, uh, one of which, uh, the first guy she goes out with is is a jerk, and he he yells at the, 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 the wait staff in the bar. Another guy that she goes out with um, very creepily starts asking her, like, about her powers. You know, is her skin, he, he spent, he seems to really kind of focus on her skin being impenetrable. And it really didn't hit on me, uh, didn't dawn on me what was going on there. But I, I read or saw a theory online that this guy might possibly be uh, the guy that hired the wrecking crew to try to get Jin's blood in a previous episode. Or he might also be working for the for whoever hired the wrecking crew uh, to try to get information about her, you know, how they're going to get, you know, is your skin really impenetrable? He specifically asks if uh, vibranium could penetrate her skin. Uh, so I feel like he was there less as a date and more to uh, gather information. And again, I, I wouldn't have thought of that. I, 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 would, I wouldn't have thought about that at all had it not been for, um, I think I was watching the new rock stars uh, uh, breakdown of the episode. But um, she ends up meeting a guy who she just is immediately attracted to. I think he was a doctor. Um, she takes her back to, to her place, uh, when things are starting to get, you know, a little bit more romantic. Uh, that's when we find out that at another one of his, um, magic shows, Donnie Blaze takes, takes another member of the audience and he opens up another portal, uh, this time to just looks like, a uh, just someplace else within the, the, on, on earth, somewhere in America, there's a truck stop in the background. And this woman is like, nah. I'm not stepping through there. The last person that stepped through one of your portals 
uh, was stranded there. And so apparently he's been doing this now for a number of nights and sending people into various areas of the, the United States and then just leaving them there. So he uh, creates a smaller portal that brings a, a, a dove out onto his hand that flies over, lands on her hand and lays an egg. The egg hatches into a demon, which, of course, freaks her and the audience out. So he creates another portal in the floor of the stage into what looks like a, uh, a, a demon world, uh, possibly limbo. And he uh, kicks both the dove and, to, and the, little, the little demon creature into this, this I'm just going to say limbo, and then uh, fails to close the portal. So a uh, big swarm of demons come out. Wong finds out and uh, interrupts Jen during her romance time to uh, bring her to the mystic castle to help wrap, you know, round up all these demons and, and send them back into their world. Now, but I, I failed to mention there, there was the moment, uh, there was a, a point, but you know, before this where uh, we see the, the, the court case where Jen or she Hulk and uh, Wong are um, in court with Donnie blaze and his, uh, his friend Cornelius P willows and their attorney. And it's a very funny scene, this whole, this entire scene where Jen's trying to argue that what uh, Donnie is doing is wrong. And Donnie and his lawyer, who also appears to be a magician, and Cornelius are doing various magic tricks. Um, Wong brings uh, Madison in through a portal, who's still drunk, puts her on the stand, and she explains what happened to her. She uh, is really happy to see Wong. She calls him Wongers, which I love. And there's this just this moment where she's on the stand and they ask her for her name and she says her name and she does the thing again, Madison with an I, two N's and a Y, but not where you think. And as she's saying that part, she says, and not where you think, you see that the lawyer for Donnie Blaze is now scratching something off on his legal pad. So he had apparently was writing her name down and he wrote it down with a Y, but he put it in the wrong spot. And so uh, I'm assuming what... <laughs> That means as most people spell it, M-A-D-Y-S-I-N, Madison, and uh, the, the Y is actually after the S. Uh, but then back to uh, 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 She-Hulk and Wong fighting the demons, and Wong opens up a, a portal to some icy, snowy, mountainous area, which appears to be the same place that in Infinity War, he sent one of Thanos's uh, big super dudes, uh, but they, they send all the demons there. Jen goes back to the, the her dude, her date, who is uh, laying on her couch reading a book, uh, the title of which suddenly eludes me, The the Bad Feminist, something like that. Uh, Roxanne Gay, I think, is the, 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 the author's name. Uh, but Jen uh, suddenly drops on top of him out of a portal. She's covered in demon goo, uh, but the two quickly become romantic again, and she, she picks him up and carries him off into the bedroom. The next morning, she's no longer She-Hulk. She is Jen, uh, which I am assuming uh, because I think in the very first episode when she's with uh, Bruce on that island and he does the thing where, where she's laying in bed as Jen and he, he, he uh, fires the air horn into her ear and it startles her and she turns into the She-Hulk. I, I believe he says something to the effect of that she changes back into Jen while she's sleeping. So that's probably what happened here. The two of them uh, became lovers in the nighttime. 
And then as they were sleeping, she turned back into Jen. And so that morning she just got up as she normally would. And she made fresh squeezed orange juice for the two of them and breakfast. And so he comes into the kitchen and immediately he's like, who are you? And she says, I'm Jen. This is this is what I look like when I'm not the She-Hulk. And that's not what he signed up for. And so he leaves. So that guy turns out to be, I guess, kind of a jerk as well. We also learn here in this scene that Titania, who uh, had been having legal trouble, troubles, troubles, legal troubles. Uh, we met her in the first episode and we learned in the second episode that she was in, in court for, I think, a traffic violation. But uh, she is a super powered social media influencer. And uh, she must have gone to jail because she has been released. And as Jen is learning this, there's a knock on the door. Uh, there's a process server there to serve her papers because Titania is suing her over the rights to the name She-Hulk. And that's when we learn that Titania has trademarked the name She-Hulk. And she closes the door. She looks at the camera and she says something to the effect of, well, that's a... That's a bummer for an ending. Maybe the tag will be fun. And she's meaning the, the mid credit scene. And it was fun. It was uh, Madison and Wong back at his place, hanging out, watching This Is Us. And they're discussing alcoholic drinks. We learn that his favorite is a gin and tonic. And they, they talk about yak milk. And uh, yeah, I would like to see more of Wong in Madison. Is that going to be a thing if they started a relationship? Uh, some of the theories I'm I'm reading online is that Madison is now a a, a uh, uh, well she she now works for Mephisto. Everybody's been wanting Mephisto to be part of the MCU ever since uh, WandaVision and uh, her story about you know because she got sent to this demon like world. It might be the same world that all the little demons came out of. It may be something else. It may be Mephisto's dimension. The uh, the goat man that she met that she had to uh, uh, sign over some of her blood or whatever to, to get free uh, may have been Mephisto and she may now work for him and or she may be Mephisto. We don't know. I think it would be funny at this point if it is. I think it would be it would really fit in with what they're doing with this show and with She-Hulk for the creators to be like, you know what? Everybody thought that the big bad in WandaVision for the entire show, even when it was revealed that it was Agatha the whole time, people were still online hoping that there was another big bad behind Agatha and that it was Mephisto. And I could see the the people doing this show going, so why don't we just do that? Why don't we bring Mephisto into this show and maybe not make Mephisto the big bad, but maybe be part of the show at some point. So I, I don't know. I think it would be fun. I think it'd be interesting, but uh, four episodes in, we got four more left. And uh, yeah, when is freaking Daredevil going to show up? When is the 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 Frog Boy or Toad Man or whatever that villain? When when is he going to show up? When is uh, the Porcupine going to show up? When are we going to meet the leader? Because I still think the leader is part of this. I, I I don't know, but I'm loving the show so much. Loving it. I'm loving it. It uh, was a it's just been a great distraction this week, this show and, and then Thor Love and Thunder. And uh, uh, can't wait. I can't believe I have to wait another week for the next episode. I would love to hear your thoughts, guys. I'm, I'm going to stop saying this because y'all aren't listening to me. If you are, if you're like, all right, I'll, you know, maybe I'll send you my thoughts. I don't know. Or, or, or you hear me say that each week and go, you know what? We're not sending you your thoughts. Quit saying it. 
But uh, I'm going to say it this last time. You send me an email, justanotherfanboy at gmail.com. You can uh, go over to the forum, forum.justanotherfanboy.com. Go to the my other podcast, message board, the forum within the forum. Leave your thoughts. What would you think about this episode? What would you think about the episode of my other podcast, the change in format? What would you think about Thor, Love, and Thunder? What do you, th- what, what do you think about uh, Rings of Power? What do you think about She-Hulk? Let me know. I have a phone number you can call, leave a voicemail, or text me at. That uh, is not in front of me, but it'll be in the show notes. Um, and uh, frankly, I'm starting to get lightheaded. I've been talking for so long that I'm now starting to get lightheaded. So I'm going to wrap it up and say goodbye now. Goodbye now. baby.